Welcome back to the Every Effort podcast. My name is Jocelyn. I'm one of your co-hosts. And I'm Matt. We are so blessed, a little stressed, and making every effort to figure out the rest. One of the things we're trying to figure out is the culture. So efficiency culture, I think, is prevalent in this country and in other countries. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of hours, a lot of work that's required, whether you're in school or whether you are straight in the workplace. I think there's a lot of pressure for us to perform. Um, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a big issue. And I think that it's one of those things that starts at work. And because we spend so much time on work, it creeps over into other areas of our life where if we don't have enough time for things, we try to do them faster, we try to do them more efficiently, and it just um, can increase stress across the board. Would you say that you generally breathe shallow? Yeah, I would say so. I think I have to be pretty intentional to breathe deeper. Yeah, you got to use more belly to breathe deep. So this is a great uh, question to ask yourselves, guys, uh, because a lot of people actually do breathe shallow, and there's a lot of different Hmm. reasons for it. Uh, One of them being we tend to be crouched over our phones or computers or on the couch watching TV is not the best posture. It causes you to breathe differently. Um, And our best way to get oxygen flow is when you breathe with your belly. But this means, you know, your belly expands and there's pressure (laughs) on having to look a certain way. So why would you do that? But what I'm getting to with this is uh, that breathing shallow, actually, that one of the biggest causes is anxiety. And some people actually attribute to uh, this work culture as being a cause of why so many Americans tend to breathe more shallow than workers in other countries. Um, What do you think about that? That's really interesting. I mean, I definitely see the link, but I never thought so clearly about how the way we sit, the way we kind of spend our free time can really affect that. That's so, so interesting. Take a moment right now, guys, just take a deep and proper breath, like just through your stomach. And maybe you'll notice the difference. Maybe you'll see that you're breathing shallow, or you can fix your posture right now. Um, But maybe just maybe it could be a cause of your work environment or just all the pressures that you're facing on a day to day basis. Um, Going into how much we actually do work. Uh, how much do you think Americans work, Matt? I don't know. I feel like we're pretty average compared to other countries. I feel like, and maybe this is just because it's what I'm used to, but 40 hours a week sounds normal to me. So I would guess we're right about the middle. Yeah, it's like a standard. I mean, eight hours a day is a third of your day. So Mm -hmm. a third working, a third sleeping, and then a third doing everything else. But it it turns out that most countries actually don't find this to be a standard. I think think it's clear that an eight-hour averaged workday is actually kind of overkill. And the U.S. is kind of known for having such a high work work time expectation. But on average, according to the Economic Cooperation and Development Organization, uh, they found that American workers, they work an average of 34 hours a week. So we're going to, we'll look at the stats for hours per year. So this is uh, 1,760 hours a year. Mm. Uh, In Germany, their average work year is around uh, 430 hours less 
than this in the UK is 400 hours less than this country per year. Uh, France is over 360 hours less. And this is one that surprised me that uh, Japan actually is 160 hours less Wow. hours per year. Because I always thought Japanese work culture was like super toxic. I mean, it probably is, but I thought... I thought they worked more than Americans. Yeah, I definitely thought it was a much more strict work culture. And the friends that I've talked to who worked in Japan worked really long hours and worked really hard. So that's really interesting to hear that we work even more than them on average. I'm super shocked. Yeah, the depression rates in Japan, a lot of them are attributed to work stress. Um, mm -hmm. I interned at, <laughs> at Toyota at one point, and I remember that the engineers I would see consistently were the Japanese ones, the ones that came from Japan into the American office and everyone else in the office seemed to have quote unquote normal work schedule, but they were the ones that were there the earliest time of the day and the latest time as everyone was leaving. They, they did put in their hours too. So this definitely isn't like a true statistic for every single individual. Right. Yeah. But you know, I always imagined a lot of other cultures are a lot more um, hardworking than the U.S. Like, I feel like we're very privileged in getting this very strict amount of hours that we have to work every day. So I'm really surprised to find out we're so high up on the list of people who are working the most every year. Yeah, this by no means, like, says that we're the best at anything. <laughs> but there are other countries that work more than we do. So these also are interesting to note. Uh, Chile, Mexico, Israel, Korea, and Costa Rica. Really? Korea yeah. doesn't surprise me. That kind of lines up with my assumption about the culture. Yeah. But Costa Rica really catches me off guard. Yeah, I, you, you know... think people would be tanning outside, like <laughs> not working. Like, right. you're such a great place to live. Like, why, why would you need to work so much? But, you know, maybe that's part of the work like it could be such a fruitful piece of land they have to you know mow and till it yeah and tourism's a 24 7 business right like That's i'm sure true. people are working really hard keeping everything open keeping everything beautiful sustaining stuff it's a lot of hard work that goes into the enjoyments that we get to have i'm gonna take a guess here for israel but gas oh what makes you say gas like they're working a lot to pr produce gas to sell Oh, interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, because Middle East. Yeah, I know they have a huge defense department. I know that oh. everyone, in all uh, men, and I believe women as well in Israel, have to serve in the armed forces. So it's a very oh, wow. militaristic work culture. They have a lot of military-centered universities. They're very, very hardworking culture. Wow. Mexico, I feel proud to hear this one. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yay, go us. We, we're working hard. Um, mm -hmm. But that doesn't uh, always equate to working efficiently. But hey, like they're, they're putting in their hours. That's no doubt. Same for, for Chile. Mm -hmm. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, when it comes to PTO, did you guys know we're the only ad quote-unquote advanced economy that doesn't guarantee paid vacation and holidays? So what this means is other countries have like this have their laws that say, hey, if you're an employer, you need to provide these days off and they need to be paid, either holiday or vacation time. And in America, there actually isn't a set law for that. So we're just kind of left with this like, almost like competition for companies to provide the best benefits, but wow. they're not expected to do that. It's 
it's supposed to be right like out of the kindness of their hearts that they even grant that kind of stuff interesting i never thought about that i mean i i haven't heard of very many corporate or nine to five jobs who don't offer pto so i guess there was always this assumption that there was some standard for it but i guess it's really about what you said employee care and competitiveness that allows a lot of companies to offer pto that's really interesting yeah so it's really up to us kind of to decide okay what benefits do we want where should i apply to get them it is a big consideration but um on average our average pto is about 13 days a year which is Hmm. i mean it sounds pretty good it's like a little less than three weeks Uh, but compared to other countries i saw that they had like standardized hours that range from 10 to 20 days a year Yeah, that's really interesting, though. I mean, I think this is one of those things where we're kind of a prisoner of our culture, right? So to you and I, 13 days, that sounds about right. That sounds normal. That sounds like what we've been used to. So having this perspective of being able to see what other countries do, it's really interesting to find out where we stand and find out that there are places where it's standardized. That's really interesting. Do you think that we deserve time off? I think... I don't know about deserve. That's a really interesting way to word it because the way that I kind of think about it is that it's best for the country, in my opinion, if people have that time off, right? I think that total productivity increases. I think that mental health increases. I think that people are better able to take care of themselves and their loved ones if they have that work-life balance. So I see like kind of the incentives to um, give those. And I I think in a way you do deserve time off, right? You work hard, you um, put in so many hours, you put in a lot of your time, your resources, your effort into these things. And I think that those things earn you the time off that we're able to um, receive. I think that vacation is like a human necessity. It's like something Mm -hmm. that we should have, but we don't necessarily deserve. But with the way that things are structured now, it's like you'd be crazy not to offer your employees that time off. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting to learn that it's um, kind of a market and cultural thing, right? There's no hard law that says that companies have to offer. They just know that if they didn't, employees probably wouldn't go work there, right? That's something that we demand and we use our kind of market power to um, demand that companies provide those kinds of benefits. Yeah. So now that we know that America does work considerably more, uh, if you were to go deeper into these statistics on an individual basis, you might see that the average person doesn't do as much overtime as you think per country. Uh, but overall, we we are clearly racking up the hours. I think having mm-hmm. a capitalistic economy is a big part of that, where you can kind of to some extent, like get what you put in. Um, And I'm sure a lot of people take advantage of that as a result of the the standard. Um, But with with work also comes more stress. I don't think we have to expand on that very much. Uh, And this is uh, work is the number one cause of health problems in America. Hmm. There is stress that is related to our work. And that's not much of a surprise, whether it's mental or physical. Uh, I didn't know that this existed, but I think it's like stress.org or something. But there's an American Institute of Stress. So I'm going to trust their numbers. They said that (laughs) 83% of people suffer work-related stress. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of people. That's most of us. That's, you know, eight out of 10 
people can admit that they get stressed from work, which makes sense. It takes up a third of your day. Mm-hmm. But 25% of people will say that work is the number one stressor in their life. Interesting. And what they call absenteeism is rising where people become or choose to become absent at work because of the stress that it causes them. Wow. I think, I mean, the absenteeism more than the number of people who experience it, I think the absenteeism speaks to how extreme it can be, right? That it can get to the point where not that um, you need to manage things better, but to the point where you don't even want to go into work at all to deal with that stress. That's, I mean, that's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, my last job I had uh, more, I had an unlimited PTO plan, which sounds great on paper, but almost half of those days that I took off that year I was working there was because of stress where I just Mm. needed to take the time off to recharge or I just couldn't deal like going in that day. So I totally get that statistic and 25%. I am definitely part of that group. I think that work is the number one stressor in my life. Mm. I feel like if I wasn't working, my life would be more enjoyable, (laughs) but I don't know. Maybe that's the part of me that wants to be like a stay-at-home mom for the rest of my life, but (laughs) it's kind of hard to give up a career once you're in it, right? Sure. Yeah, I think that's something that we can all relate to, right? I think that we all experience that stress at work. So it's really validating to hear that so many people experience this. And this is just the number of people who report it, right? I'm sure there are people who are less comfortable reporting it or feel it to different extents. But yeah, I think this says a lot about just the human nature and how challenging it is for us to focus on something, for us to complete all these tasks that we're asked to. You know, work is a difficult thing. It's not something that we're naturally inclined to sit at a desk and do something for the next eight hours. Yeah, so we got to figure out like how to work with this pretty much because mm-hmm. unless you move to a different country, like I'm sure most of your families are here and you want to make it work. So we really need to find a way to just appreciate like the jobs that we've been given and you know, the cards that we're dealt with. We, I mean, we definitely have like so many blessings in this country, mm. um, free speech, the freedom with religion and so many great places to explore and travel to, but nothing's perfect, right? And a lot of our culture contributes to the way that this is, the Industrial Revolution and whatnot, um, and definitely capitalism. Uh, But the whole stress thing, like that was definitely me, uh, probably less than a a year ago, where I Mm. struggled with work stress, and I had to take probably half a week off because of how stressed I was at work. Do you mm. remember that? Yeah, I do. It was a really tough time. This is a more vulnerable thing for me to share. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was uh, super stressed one week at work. I had learned that my mentor was deciding to leave the company. And I was essentially mm. going to be the only engineer on the floor to support stuff. And I had like no idea what I was doing. I felt like I was still out of college trying to learn how production works. And I felt like I I had no qualifications to be able to run a whole department on a technical level Mm. uh, on my own. And lo and behold, I already had stress building up to that point. And that kind of was the the rotten cherry on top for me because I, I I remember messaging Matt that day I got off work and I just couldn't drive. 
I was having such difficult breathing problems and Matt drove to my workplace. I was still in the parking lot and thank goodness there was a hospital next door nearby. We went Mm -hmm. to urgent care and do you remember what they told us as soon as they saw me? Yeah, I mean, they took one look at you and said we needed to go to the emergency room and that was a really scary moment. That was super scary. I think Matt and I had only been dating like not even like six months and like he was put under a lot of stress to like find a place and like figure out my insurance and we -hmm. showed up we waited a couple hours they gave me some medication they gave me like a shot of something and like immediate I like my muscles could not relax I like had no control over my body at that point and Mm. that was super scary to just kind of wait to be treated and to just be giving medication and just being worried of like when it, I hope this doesn't happen again I don't want this to be a recurring issue I don't want to have to come to the emergency room every time right. and so it's been a struggle trying to find balance but for me that was when I I knew like I need to find a different place to work because there were different things that were occurring to this point and it wasn't just kind of like a single event that caused this all to happen. Mm -hmm. And so that led me to my new job, which has been so different. I think there there still are some aftershakes from all of that. And, and I'm still adjusting to where I work now. But I have found that slowly week by week, like I settle into a better confidence about my abilities. And I feel like I have so much support. I think that's the biggest word Mm. is like, having enough support for yourself at work is a huge thing. Like imagine if you were in a workplace, right, where people are supportive and not just focused on their own task. I wonder what these statistics would look like if we had just, you know, been there for each other more and kind of notice the needs and try to teach your coworker when they're missing out on something or uh, trying to get other people involved in what you're doing so you're not at it alone. Absolutely. I'm so glad you shared that. I mean, I think that's such a powerful moment. And I know that that was a really eye-opening moment for both of us that change needed to happen. And since that, and since everything we went through, I've seen so much growth. And I know that you've grown so much professionally and emotionally, and it was a really, really challenging time. And I think that a lot of people go through a lot more stress than they're comfortable with at work, a lot more stress than um, they're comfortable sharing as well. I think it's a really hard thing to admit that work can get to us and that it can stress us out. It makes you feel weak or, you know, incapable, but it's obviously through these statistics and everyone we know, it's a really challenging thing. And I'm, I'm so glad you shared that, Joss. That's, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's the biggest problem. People do not reveal this to each other because you feel like you have to mm. compete with your peer in the workplace. And if you were to reveal anything, it would affect your raise or your relationship with someone else on your team or your boss. And no, these things like need to be known in order for us to help each other. And if someone rejects what you have to say or says you're wrong or have issues, you're not the problem, they are. And mm. if you find confidence and comfort in in being able to reveal yourself, I think that's like the best courage you can have. Yeah. So finding someone to be able to share that is hard, but it is so important. I think we need to stop pretending like we have it all together in the workplace and that work is just another day-to-day thing because more people are struggling than we realize. 
totally i couldn't have said it any better i think that vulnerability and being able to be real with each other is something that we overlook in our society today i think it's super important yeah so i appreciate you guys listening to this i know it's a tough topic and i'm not saying efficiency is bad in general i think efficiency is important because it helps us do amazing things like send rockets and people to space and mm-hmm. uh, figure out how many calories are in your food like science and is great and just the abilities it gives us and speaking of efficiency um, i have come to love this new gadget in my kitchen it's actually a food scale and Ooh. yeah it measure measures in ounces grams uh and it's sleek and shiny and it was like <laughs> less than 15 bucks uh wow. it's a shiny stainless steel uh weight measurer and I keep it by the sink so when it gets splashed with water I don't have to worry about it rusting because it's stainless so I definitely encourage you guys to still you know go after being better day by day and if you don't measure your food and you're someone who likes to track it definitely get some of that efficiency in your life so check out the link in our bio Uh, we have an Amazon link to uh, one of our favorite food scales so Efficiency is not bad in and of itself. Yeah, I think one of the more interesting topics about efficiency is um, something that I'm starting to see a few companies do, and I think will be really interesting to see how it progresses moving forward, is the four-day work week. I think it's such a fascinating topic. The idea of getting a three-day weekend every week is super exciting to me. So I looked into it a little bit, and um, a survey showed that 84% of companies who have shifted to the four-day work week found that they have increased productivity and work-life balance, which I found really cool because, to me, that's the win-win, right? The company gets the increased productivity, the employees get the increased work-life balance, and those employees uh, at a 94% clip said that they would want to keep the four-day work week. Is this like uh, 40 hours in four days or 32 hours? For the most part, it's keeping the 40 hours. So it's condensing the hours into four days and doing 10-hour shifts and then having three full days off. I think it's funny that this was what they wanted to test. Like, we still like they still want to make us work the hours. I'm all <laughs> for working less hours, but producing the same because I don't know. I feel like I'm more of that kind of person. Like, I'd mm-hmm. rather push through a shorter amount of time. But that's still cool to see. Like, there is proof about the productivity. I wonder if that has to do with like maybe people feel like they have to squish stuff hmm. in four days. So like they're they're being more productive because they're forced to do their work in a shorter amount of time it feels yeah what do you think no i think that's very true um and i think that this is something that we see outside of work i think that the amount of time that work uh, takes up in our lives it starts to creep that time crunch into the other things we do i know for me a lot of the hobbies or a lot of the things I do in my spare time start to feel like a job or like a task because I have this window of time when I'm able to do them. So I want to be able to do it more quickly. I want to do it more efficiently, right? I want to get the uh, the entertainment bang for my buck. I want to have yeah. as much fun and as little time as I possibly can. Right. And so it just starts to feel like this 24 hour a day. How much can I get into a day? How can I maximize uh, paycheck, enjoyment, fun, progression, right? And you start to Um, drive yourself crazy trying to make everything as efficient and jam-packed as possible the hardest thing with these long hour days I find personally because I work a 980 schedule 
where we get every other Friday off, but most days we work our nine hours. It's still about, it's still an average of 40 hours a week, but it feels like you have no time to do any appointments or hmm. like normal day to day errands because you're, if you take up like nine to 10 hours a day, plus you have to commute, it's like, dang, I have to save all of my like doctors and dentist appointments on like my off Fridays. Right. And I think that um, one thing I found really fascinating was this idea of um, the McDonaldization of culture. I found that to be such a fascinating term. Is that a real word? It is. It is. And it's uh, a concept where it's talking about how having um, all of these efficiencies in our lives from fast food companies like McDonald's to now tech companies like Amazon who are able to provide our services so quickly, we've become much more impatient. I know that if I can't get a website to load in a couple seconds, I'm frustrated. Whereas, you know, 10, 20 years ago, we would be amazed that we could get a website to load at all. And the speed of life just gets faster and faster and we adjust our expectations based on that. So when there are things that take too long and even if it's an unreasonable expectation, it can still cause you to become frustrated and still um, bring about that impatience in us and I think that for me it's just shown how valuable being able to take time away is right even if it's not a specific activity just having a day that isn't planned is such a relief or a time where yeah. you don't have anywhere to be where you don't have anything to complete it it just resets you and it's an amazing thing that I feel like we're kind of forgetting that's so hard to do though because sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like when I get a break or a time to just chill I still can feel anxious all of a sudden because I'm just like what am I missing what else has to get done and Mm -hmm. it almost takes effort to like shift your brain into being able to relax and slow down but there has to be positive effects of slowing down I think that's like the cure to patience is forcing yourself Mm. to slow down and to step away Right. Yeah. I think a big part of that is giving up control, right? Accepting that we're not always going to be able to accomplish everything on the to-do list, either at all or at that time. And just being accepting that life circumstances will come up. We'll have long days at work. We'll have short days at work. We'll have times where we're able to get a lot done and times where we won't have as much time available and just being okay with kind of writing out those ups and downs. I feel like it's a really challenging thing and something that I want to grow in as well, but something that I think we could all learn a little bit from. When it comes to the fast pace of living in this country, from your experience, Matt, when you go on vacation, do you prefer fast paced vacation, like hitting different, you know, memorials or Mm -hmm. landmarks and exploring a lot, doing a lot of activities? Or do you prefer something more relaxing, where you're just like on a beach sipping pina colada Mm -hmm. and just slowing down? Yeah, I feel like I I do keep that fast pace. I think that the activities I enjoy are more, you know, nature based and getting out away from things. But I still have this list of things I do because even on vacation, I want to make sure I do all the things I want to do in that place. And there's this idea of checking things off a list and making sure that I get all the experiences I would want. And I think that's something that I could growing a lot is just enjoying the experiences kind of milking them for the relaxation and for the health benefits that they are Um, but what about you how do you like spending your vacations yeah isn't that so sad though that like our culture has impacted even the days that we're just supposed to enjoy like we feel like we have to jam-pack so much and I I get that like we're young we want to do all these amazing cool things so in my opinion, I feel like I always want something more relaxing, mm-hmm. but 
I always I want something like more adventurous too. Like yeah, I think it really comes to like the type of vacation. Sometimes you'll feel like you need to do something slower, uh, but sometimes you just want to go boom, 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 and <laughs> just do a bunch of cool stuff. Yep, I think you and I are the kind of people who. We try to plan a nice, relaxing day at the beach. We get there, we lay there for about an hour, and then we say, okay, let's go do the next thing. Right? Yeah. It's just hard to get away from that. Yeah, we'll still enjoy it, but I think we're just so used to always getting something done. And I think that really is ingrained in us. Absolutely. I think our attention spans are growing shorter and shorter. So I feel like now that we've talked a little bit about jobs and about work, um, one of the things that we were talking about earlier that I think is an awesome resource that I wanted to recommend to everyone out there, um, there's a really great government source called the Bureau of Labor Statistics, called BLS for short. Um, and if you're looking for a career change, if you're looking to get into a career, it's really awesome. They'll show um, average earnings for certain jobs. They'll show projected growth. So in five years, there are going to be more of these jobs. There are going to be less of these jobs. And I just wanted to point that out and recommend it for anyone out there who's um, looking to get into a job. You know, if you've done kind of a career search, a career aptitude test, and you want to see, hey, is this something that I can support myself? Is this something that's going to be around or be available in a few years? I think that's a really, really awesome place to go. Yeah, that's an awesome resource. I wish I had even known about this before I was applying mm. for different colleges. I think that's so important because just because you want to do something doesn't mean that it's going to suit your life, you know, and some people sure. switch careers. So you don't have to figure it all out right now. Right. Um, I've had an interesting piece of advice given to me from one of my managers, and I would like your input, Matt, if you would be willing. Sure. So one of my managers told me, he said, when you're in college, you aren't getting paid, but you're still going to classes, you're putting in the work, you're doing the studying, but you're not getting paid. And suddenly, when you get into the work field, working field, you are getting paid, but you don't want to work as much. You're just waiting hmm. until you get to go out. You don't want to put in more than your 40 hours a week. So... Um, he kind of lives off of this, like, working high. He's definitely a big worker, puts in a lot of hours, and I respect that. Like, that's something that brings him joy, it seems. So um, what do you think about that kind of uh, insight that he had about, like, you know, we need to be, like, recharged with that passion we had in college when mm -hmm. we were doing work for free, and now we've lost that. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I think that's true. I think through college and especially when you're starting a new job, you have to learn so many things that aren't part of the normal job, right? You learn professional culture, you learn your technical background, and there's so many different areas that you want to learn. At least for me, I kind of felt like I had to go outside of work hours just to learn my industry, learn different terms, understand how things worked, and it really burns you out at first, right? There's a lot of extra effort going in. Um, it doesn't feel like you're working those normal hours. And I think that um, it takes a step back and sometimes taking a little bit less time, taking more breaks can make you more productive. And I think that that reinvigorates that fire, that passion, because um, if you burn yourself out, if you just work and um, as I would say, you kind of keep hitting your head up against the wall, you're not really going to get anywhere. But when you're able to take a step back, whether it's with PTO or just taking some scheduled breaks throughout your day, I think it um, gives you a lot more energy and you're able to be even more productive with less amount of time. Yeah, I found that I found that his insight was mostly true. 
I think what was missing was that when you're in college, you're not working for nothing. Like you're paying Hmm. thousands of dollars likely for a degree and you're working for that piece of paper at the end. It's kind of like what we mentioned on our last episode. Like one of the things with adulting that you need is to have that grit to kind of push through. And in this case, it is to get a degree. So it, it does have the end in mind. Uh, I don't think that necessarily equates to, you know, just because you worked for free in college, it means you should be working extra hard now that you're being paid. I think right. I think that the compensation is is different in both scenarios. And you can't really, you know, combine those two things or compare those two things. Absolutely. I think that's very true. And you have to look forward, right? Why am I doing this? What is it going to earn me in the future? And I think that's a really great point at setting some of those future goals and directions for your life. Yeah. And some people are workaholics and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I think some people just love being doing what they do and want to do it all the time. For me and Matt, it's not our thing. I've noticed for most people, it's not really their thing. Some people put in more hours and more work out of pressure or anxiety from their manager or peers. Um, but we definitely don't try to approach work that way. It doesn't mean we're not passionate about what we do just because we don't go over a certain number of hours. I think it's it's us being able to respect our limits and wanting to come back refreshed every time. Like we know mm-hmm. how much time we need away from it. We don't want it to ever feel like it's getting too much. Because if we're being honest, we have lots of things going on in all of our lives. Work is not just the only thing that we're doing. We got church, we got friends, we got family, mm-hmm. events, <laughs> maybe a dip in the pool, you know, exercise. So Definitely. I think that's very true. And I think that's an important message for a lot of us young adults to hear. Um, We'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear about your experiences and your thoughts on this efficiency culture. Follow us along on uh, Instagram and Facebook at Every Effort Podcast. We'd really appreciate that. Um, We'll have a link in our bio for Jocelyn's um, Food Scale. That's another great way to support the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. See ya. See ya.